Welcome to another episode of Sports Society. Due to a scheduling conflict, we do not have a new episode for you today. Rather, please enjoy one of our earlier episodes. Also, be sure to tune in next week as we return to our normally scheduled program. Also, be sure to check out Hobby Shop Stories on Wednesdays, hosted by your boy, Andrew Meese, and Guys at the Roundtable, hosted by yours truly, Vladimir Jean-Philippe, on Fridays. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoy the show. Sports Society starts now. Welcome to the final Guys at the Roundtable on Blog Talk Radio. We aren't going anywhere, though. We aren't. We're just rebranding and expanding. What are we expanding to? Guys of the Roundtable Network. Bringing you three unique shows weekly. Sports and Society, Hobby Shop Stories, and, of course, Guys of the Roundtable by yours truly, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And I'll be having guests and uh, special appearances on that one as you know, as, as often as I can get. Uh, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. We just have a different format and more flavors. Guys at the Roundtable starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the final episode of Guys at the Round Table. I'm your host, Vladimir Jean-Philippe, and with me today is Andrew Meese. How you doing, bud? You know, I'm doing good. My weekend starts now. We're recording it on Thursday, but, you know, I have off tomorrow because I'm covering district wrestling. So, you know, I'm excited. Nice. I'm excited for that as well because I miss <laughs> high school wrestling so badly. Um, West Virginia wrestling is not as... I hate to like bash on West Virginia, but West Virginia wrestling is not as good as PA wrestling. The quality of wrestlers <laughs> I see in, in in Pennsylvania far outseeds what I see in West Virginia. Um, I think the worst kid on our high school wrestling team in PA could come down here and do well in West Virginia. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of envious of you, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, Pennsylvania is the undisputed king of uh, high school wrestling, so... That's very true. And then followed by, I think, New Jersey, and third is New, California. No, New, New York Jersey is third. New Jersey is good. New Jersey's good. Texas is good. California is good. Ohio and Iowa. Those are, like, the top states. Uh, are, are they always the top states? Those are, yeah, those are good. Perennially. Oh, yep. okay. That, well, that's good, then. Yeah, because I, I, I've heard things about California. California started to creep up the rankings a little bit. I kind of looked, and I'm just kind of like, eh. But they're only getting good because of uh, jujitsu, because that's where jujitsu is really big in. Uh, it's in California, so the wrestlers out there are getting good because of jujitsu, and so that kind of gives them a little bit of a running competition, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. You know, any any sort of like combat sport, martial arts, you know, they all kind of go hand in hand. It was kind of funny. I was uh, talking with someone today about that, how those types of sports, your martial arts, your wrestling, they teach you more about life than they necessarily do about sport. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about them. Yeah. Wrestling does teach you a shit ton about life. Trust me. I've had a lot of (laughs) humbling lessons in wrestling that... I carry over to this day because I was a little cocky in high school. I was like, I could beat anybody, and then I wrestled. 
then I realized, holy crap, there's some people out there that can manhandle you. So, yeah, I've been humbled many a times in <laughs> in high school wrestling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that and that's the crazy thing. Yeah, but you know what the funny thing is, though? That humbling in um, high school kind of turned me into the savage that I am today when I go to jiu-jitsu tournaments. I mollywop people in the... Uh, in the tournament, so it, I, I'm kind of glad that I went through what I went through, and I sucked in high school because now I'm good, and it helps me a lot in jujitsu. Yeah, it's one of those experiences that you know, like like you said, the humbling experience gives you some of that fuel to the fire, and mm-hmm. you know they're very transferable skills. I won't say relatable because they're not in a way they're mm-hmm. transferable. Yeah, very transferable, and so you know, I, I truly, well. I'm thankful for my experience in high school wrestling. So if you guys out there are experiencing high school wrestling, I promise you, stick with it. Go through the arduous process of practice. Get your behind handed to you because when you get older, I promise you, those skill sets will come back and help you if you decide to go do like jujitsu or pursue martial arts. It will definitely help you. Absolutely. So you asked me how I'm doing. So how are you doing? I'm doing actually pretty great. All right. Um, I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I don't want to sound like you know tooting my own horn, but I'm doing wonderfully well. Um, a lot of things are positive things are happening. Um, I'm losing the weight that I need to lose to. I'm about to what two o, I want to say two o one, two o two now. Um, awesome. I have to be yeah. I have uh, Arnold Classics coming up next week. Uh, next weekend, uh, next week Saturday. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm wrestling in the two ten division. Um, one ninety something to two ten. I'm doing that because I want to wrestle the bigger guys to develop, you know, actual strength a little bit. Uh, preparing for my March 23rd MMA fight against uh, Levi Plower. I think that's how you say his name. But, yeah, so I'm just trying to, uh, you know, figure out how to maintain strength. Because I don't want to lift weights too much because that makes you too tight. But at the same time, I need to figure out how to gain strength. And so I figured, go wrestle the big guys. <laughs> go wrestle the big guys and that will give you some strength that you need for the... Um, for the MMA fight, so hopefully I do well at Arnold's. I'm I'm excited for, uh, for it. I'll be in Florida next week, all week next week, uh, with Crystal because she's going down for work, and I'm just traveling with her just to kind of make her traveling a lot easier and to spend some time with her because I haven't, um, I haven't been able to spend some time with her lately. So I figured I go with her to uh, travel with her to her job, make her uh, traveling experience a lot easier because she is pregnant. So I'm gonna be carrying all the bags while she just kind of, you know meanders through <laughs> and go do what she needs to do for work and then while i'm down there in uh florida uh hopefully i can go meet one of my friends that i haven't spoken to in about 10 or 11 years or so so i, I i'm excited to go meet him again um that's joe langoni uh shout out to joe oh, uh, yeah. i miss you brother yeah so i'm gonna go see him uh well hopefully i get to see him and maybe hopefully get to see my cousin as well so right now things are going smoothly i'm saving money you know doing doing the whole work thing i hate it but you know baby <laughs> on the way medical bills i need to start saving i got to get a yeah. car so uh crystal and i are going to going to look at cars this weekend so yeah i'm excited man uh, a lot of good things is happening and so right now i'm just kind of like yeah life is life is coasting good right now <laughs> yeah it sounds like it you know i'm happy for you it sounds like you got a lot of good stuff going on so yeah you know, thank that's you man awesome. appreciate it Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited. But uh, to get into today's topic, because I forgot, well, I didn't forget to, I just didn't mention it because I was letting you guys know we have new format coming your way. So I just wanted to give you the heads up there. But today's topic, 
Uh, we've hit this before, and it's about the one and done in college sports, it's mainly college basketball. Um, there's a lot of heated debates about it. There's a lot of hot topic takes, or not hot topic, yeah, hot topic takes on it. Um, some people are for it. A lot of people are against it. Um, especially if you were, um, if you watch, uh, the UNC Duke game, um, with last night, um, you realize that within the first 33 seconds of the game, um, if you watch it on Wednesday, I should say, uh, the the <laughs> the Duke UNT game. If you watch it on Wednesday, you notice that Zion Williamson uh, injured himself within the first 33 seconds of the game. Uh, he blew through his uh, basketball shoe, which is unprecedented and impressive at the same time. Um, he blew through his shoe, but then at the same time, he has a minor knee sprain. Uh, that's what Coach K is calling it, a minor knee sprain. But looking at the severity of it, that dude's going to be out for a while. Um, so it, it's pretty, pretty bad. But out of that injury rose the topic of the one and done. Or, you know, letting high school players go from high school to the pros. Because if you live under a rock, the top prospect right now in the NBA draft is Zion Williamson and he's proven that he is worth the hype uh, some people are calling him the next LeBron I'm not I'm, I'm one of those people that's not because LeBron is a freakish athlete uh, in his own right but Zion is a freakish athlete as well but he's not on LeBron's level not quite yet all right let's just let him be a kid and you know prove himself a little bit before we you know start throwing comparisons out there but he got injured and now people are wanting to have this uh lift this rule about this one and done thing let letting high school kids go directly to the pros so today we're going to be talking about it and i'm going to start off by reading this tweet uh that was tweeted out by donovan mitchell of the uh utah jazz and his tweet goes to read again let's remember all the money that went into this game and these players get none of it and now zion gets hurt something has to change and then he put it. Uh, he tweeted it towards the NCAA. And then uh, Demarcus Cousins came out this morning and said something about it as well. To paraphrase him, he says that the NCAA is kind of uh, it's stupid. Essentially, is what it boils down to. And then Jay Williams uh, said on Wednesday on the ESPN little uh, little uh, thing that he posted to Instagram. Um, he said that, you know, the, the one and done rule should be lifted and let these players go from the high school level to into the pros that these kids should, because Zion, it was probably the number one pick, uh, coming into this year's draft. He's hurt. And now he's could stand to lose millions of dollars if he falls outside of the lottery pick. So with all of that being said, I'm going to shut my mouth for a little bit and let Andy kind of give his two cents in, and then we'll go with the back and forth from there. So go ahead, bro. Okay, so I I have a few things in regards to some uh, some things you said, and one of them was comparing to LeBron. You know, I don't think they're comparing Zion to LeBron James right now. I think they're comparing him to when LeBron James is coming out of high school, and I think it's a fair comparison. Okay, but that I'll being you that. said, you know, he's not trying to become the next LeBron. He's be trying to become the first Zion. You know, okay, so, fair enough. Fair you know, and they're different types of athleticism that the two of them have. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, the crazy thing about that, you know, the, I, I, the funny thing is we were going to talk. We were had this as one of our possible topics and we decided against it initially because we felt we could go back to it later. 
And then that happened on Wednesday night. You know, secondary markets had tickets for that game around $4,000 just to get into the building. $4,000. None of those people in that game saw a dime of it. Granted, the universities didn't see much of that as well. Wait, let's it was mostly let's stuff that. on the secondary market. But people on the secondary market are making a lot of money off of this kid's amateurism. You know, and I was, you know, I looked up other stuff. Zion's high school games, people were paying $150 to get into games where he was playing in high school. Jesus. You know, th- that is insane. And then he gets hurt in the first minute of the game. You know, Under the first that, minute. <laughs> you know, it's... I, I yeah. don't know where necessarily I'm going with this because I have a problem fundamentally with the one and done. Okay. I, do, I don't like that they're going to college and leaving after a year. But it's also not right that they're forced to go to college. You know, I mean, they're not forced to go to college. They can go play in Europe. They can go play in you know, Asia, they can go play in China for a year for mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. My problem is the fairness of it. And so you you mean to tell me that if you're a high school kid in America, you can't go right to the NBA unless you're 19 or a year removed from high school. But if you're in Europe, you can come into the draft when you're 17. Tell me how that's fair. It's not. <laughs> it really is Tell me how fair. it's fair. It's not fair at all. And also, in America, as soon as you graduate high school, you can go into the military right away. Yeah. So. You know, <laughs> I just don't get it. And, you know, it, the whole thing got me thinking because, like I said, um, I don't necessarily have a problem with the one and done. There's, I have a lot of problems with the system in general. and But, you know, I got to thinking and... You know, these kids being put into these situations where they have to play. They have to go to these colleges to play. You know, think about, you know, imagine working at your job and instead of getting a paycheck, your employer tells you, you know, we understand and fully acknowledge that you're one of the best in your field. You're one of the best, absolute best. But we're not giving you a paycheck for your first year. Instead, Mm. we're enrolling you, not we're giving you the chance. We're enrolling you. At the local college to take whatever classes you would like for a year. Then at that point, if you feel like you're ready to make money, we'll send you to another company and they'll actually begin to pay you. You know what? You know, actually, that, that's we have just something. how we. You know, that's just how we conduct business. Yeah, you know, uh, that, we actually wh- have something called. Uh, we have something called. It's called internship. <laughs> well, yes, but you are voluntarily doing an internship. Yeah, but you also voluntarily go voluntarily going into the contractual agreement of going to college because that's the rules that's laid out in front of you, right? Okay, now now here, okay, it it is, but here's what I gotta say. I I just have two words for you there. Okay, Brandon Jennings. Mm, yeah. What happened with Brandon Jennings? You know, he he left high school, went over to Europe to play, and he came back and he didn't get drafted anywhere near. He would have out of a high school. And he dominated the European league he was in. Dominated. He went over there, dominated, and got drafted lower than he would have the year before. Or where he would have if he had gone to Kansas to play. Mm. You know, and, and that's the problem with it. You really think Zion wants to go 
to Europe for a year or go to China for a year? Nope. I mean, I mean, look at LaMelo Ball. He went to play professionally in China for a year, and for some reason, he's still considered an amateur in the United States and can play high school ball and can go to college. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, you want to know why he did that? Why? You want to know why he did that? Because he did not get the exposure that he needed to or wanted to in China. And that's mm. the reality of it. These players aren't going to get the exposure mm-hmm. they need overseas. That They're is not going to get the same exposure. So here's the thing. Like I said, you know, these, yeah, they could go somewhere else and make money, mm-hmm. but they're also businessmen. They're building a brand, you know, and for the NBA basically to say, you know, and he, you know, I don't know if you have anything to say about any of that. Oh, no, no. Uh, you brought up an interesting point and I was going to write down a note, but you kind of tossed it over to me. So I just tossed it back up to you is like. You mentioned that these guys are businessmen, and I, I, I find it kind of interesting that you said that because I didn't get a chance to like kind of fully formulate the question, so I kind of formulate it as, we, as I talk it out, but uh, they are businessmen, right? But the problem is, though, we look at them as kids, right? They're, they have a good and a service that they provide that they excel at, which is right at, well, for this purpose, it's basketball, right? And so we're limiting where they can go right essentially is what it it sounds like um the ncaa and the nba are in cahoots and kind of like cornering the market to where these kids can go like yes they can go overseas but like you just mentioned they don't have the exposure overseas right and then you saying that they come here and they're a business but being a business they have rules and regulations that they have to follow. And whether we like it or not, this is the rules and regulations that they have to follow at the, at the current moment period in time. So I, I, I don't know if I can, uh, got that out there correctly, but go ahead, man. Yeah. And you know, as I brought up the example earlier, earlier with Brandon Jennings, mm-hmm. there's something that sticks in my crawl with that. And, I don't know what it is, but I feel like almost to an extent that he was the first one to do that. He was the first one after high school to go over to Europe. And his, Actually, he stock, was, yeah. and his stock dropped tremendously. You, you don't think there might have been a reason for that? Yeah, but I don't want to put the tinfoil hat on for this one. <laughs> oh, I'm putting it on. I'm putting it on hardcore. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so if you really want to put on the tinfoil hat, then then Yes then they pretty much blackballed him a little bit as an 18 year or 17 18 year old kid in my opinion that he decided to kind of find a loophole in the system go overseas dominate and then come back into the NBA or into the Americas and you know kind of try to his hand at the NBA draft again right so I, I, as you were saying that, um, I was looking up Brandon Jennings in a little bit of his stories. A lot of the um, the uh, the reports, um, and this is not the actual scouts. This is like the NBA, like the ESPN articles, uh, news articles that came out that were written about him. Is that he went overseas and played against inferior competition? Had he had gone to Kansas, like you said, he uh, would have went to and done the exact same thing he did overseas against Kansas, the quality of competition would have, quote-unquote, been better. So essentially what they're saying is, like, if you go overseas, you're trash, is essentially what they're bringing down to. Yeah, and and here's the point about that, too. These teams know that. 
those professional teams in Europe, those professional teams in China know that an 18-year-old from America that has tremendous talent is going to you for one year and one year only. What are you going to do with that? You know, and that's the thing. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he played against inferior talent, you know, but <sighs> do you really think the top team in China is going to take him or the top team you know, in France or somewhere else is going to take him. And that's the thing. You know, he had to go where someone was going to pay him money that he felt was worth it. And Mm -hmm. that was it. Somewhere that could help him improve his skills. Because quite frankly, a person that is the talent level of a Zion Williamson or, you know, any of these other, you know, freshman phenoms, you know, Kentucky a couple of years back when they had their top nine players in their lineup were all freshmen and all went to the NBA draft and all got drafted you in, know, the, first in the first round, round. Yep. you know, I don't know. That if was the Anthony Davis draft, wasn't it? Round. I think so. And I don't know if they were all drafted in the first round, but I know majority of them were drafted, which is mm-hmm. saying something. But, you know, where they were drafted I don't think is important. The fact is that majority of those players, I don't think they got a whole lot from college. No. Because, quite frankly, that Kentucky team I thought was better in November and December than they were in February and March. That tells you all you need to know. Hmm. You know, there it, it almost feels like they're being held back. You know, and hmm. you know the thing with Anthony Davis, and we've talked about this before. He was good early on in the NBA, mm-hmm. but he didn't fully blossom until his third year in the pros. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Kevin Love had the same experience his first couple years in the pros. Eh, then he took off, you know, and that's sort of the development of the body in that they're not, it's not done fully developing until 22, 23, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just the way that's going to be. That's evolution. Oh well, yeah. You, know, you can't really change that. But, you know, to say, you know, Brandon Jennings is, you know, trash because he went to play in a poor it- Italian league, mm-hmm. you know, I get it, but he was in the top, he was in the top, tier of italy and you know he he earned 1.65 million dollars yeah you know and he got a two million dollar you know shoe contract you know i'm I'm reading this from his wikipedia page so you know you have to take some of that with a grain of salt but (laughs) but wikipedia for the most part is pretty good but he got selected 10th overall yeah you mean to you mean to tell me if he went to you know I don't know where he was gonna go to college. You know, I think it, I was, just, it I, was between Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, no. In August 2006, Jennings was initially set to join USC. Oh, On USC. April 24, 2007, he instead committed to the Arizona Wildcats. Oh, okay, so he would have been to Arizona, you know, and he wanted to play with Jared Bayless, but Bayless ah, left yeah, in yeah. the NBA draft, and you know, he decided, you know, I'm gonna go play in the Euro leagues, you know. So whatever, you know. You know, if he goes to Arizona and averages 16, 17 points per game, leads them to the Elite Eight, you know, he's getting drafted a lot higher than 10th overall. Yep, top five. You know, exactly, and that's the thing. You know, he, you know, you know, he didn't exactly play extremely well in the Italy League. You know, in, in the Italian Serie A, he averaged in 27 games 5.5 points, 1.6 boards, 2.2 assists, and 1.5 steals in 17 minutes per game. So he was essentially scoring a point every three minutes. 
you know, which which isn't too bad. He shot 35.1%. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he did a little bit better in EuroLeague games. But, you know, with those minuscule stats, he still got drafted 10th overall. You know, to him, that to me, that tells you that Lodo Matica Roma didn't see any value in him coming there other than maybe put a few other butts in the seats. They knew he was gone. So why would they play him? Or why would they even try to develop put him? Ma- yeah, yeah, exactly. Why would they put major stock into it? You okay, know, so with that same thought process then, then why would these kids go to one year in college and think that they're going to get the best coaching ever? Because I, you're literally going to be a freshman coming in. How much coaching can you get in one year? Well, we just use the example that Anthony Davis took him to about his third year in the league. So essentially four years to get as good as he is right now. Well, but I think that's more the body developing. And, you know, my thought is the reason they're going to Kansas, they're going to Kentucky, they're going to Duke instead of going overseas Uh is because look at how little Brandon Jennings had any type of exposure. And like, true, true. like we like we said 15 minutes ago, it's all about building a brand. It's building their star power because, you know, Brandon Jennings gets drafted. People are like, who? Yes, wait, very wait true, is too. that the guy that was here a year ago in high school and dominating was going to go to Arizona? I think so. Is that really the same guy? Why is he being drafted from Italy? I didn't know he was in Italy. Yeah, or is this a different guy? Yeah, you know, exactly. Point, yeah. Where if he spends a year at Arizona and takes them to the Elite Eight... Yep, you know he, he got the one mega one exposure. He, yeah one he's getting drafted a lot higher than tenth overall two he's got more exposure and mm-hmm. that's the thing these guys you know they could go overseas like like that just proved and make four million dollars for a year and then go to the NBA and make more money but the exposure cost him significantly more money in the draft in the lottery you know is it worth it. Well, it depends on what you think or what you call worth it because he did make $4.5 million when he went over there, okay? He got the what? The 1.5 uh for the signing and then the 2 million for the shoe. So it's like over a little a little over $4 million going overseas. You know what I mean? So and then coming from nothing, $4 million is a lot of money, let's be honest. So maybe to Brandon Jennings it's a little bit worth it, you know what I mean? I mean, the the road to get there was not like you know, the most conventional and then he still made his money in the NBA. I mean, I think he's still in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? So for him, so. Um, so for him, it, it was well worth it because it gave him a different avenue because he got paid to play. And that's what he wanted to become. Mm-hmm. He wanted to become a professional basketball player. And this is just kind of like from the mindset of an athlete. He got paid to play. And then he went to the NBA. He ultimately landed in his ultimate destination. You know what I mean? And he's getting more money from the NBA. Now, granted, he could have made more had he gone to um, – he could have got more money up front had he gone to a Duke or a Kansas or, as you said, he went to Arizona and led him to the Elite Eight or, you know, led him somewhere. He could have got more money up front from the NBA. So from a business standpoint, I, I, I don't see the negativity in what he did. I, I think he, for him and looking at his situation and just kind of using my own logic – I think he did fine. Like personally, I think he cheated the system out of some money. <laughs> if you if you really think about it. Okay, I, and here here's what I have to say. Um, okay, I'm I'm looking right now on basketball.realgm.com at the 2018-19 NBA rookie scale. 
Um, they can, players can sign for as much as 120% and as little as 80% of the rookie scale. Um, so, you know, we're just going to quickly look at this and you can tell me your thoughts. The number one pick is guaranteed their, their scale, their, their scale is 6.8 million in the first year. Number two is 6 million. Three is 5.4 million. Number 10 is under 3 million. So, you know, the difference there and the second year it goes up, the number 10 pick doesn't go up as much by the third year. The first pick is getting at least 8.5 million. The 10th overall pick is getting 3.6 million. So again, you tell me if, if he goes to college and has a good year and is drafted fourth overall over the span of the first three years of his career, he's making 5 million, 5.8, 6 million versus 3 million, 3.5, 3.5. So was that $4 million really much worth much more worth it maybe in the first two years but that third year you're talking about a three million dollar difference that it could have that it possibly could have cost him and for someone like zion williamson who's going number one you know we don't know now for sure anymore because he's injured so let's he'll go number one it's a sprain you know it's not like you know it's something that's significant or you know gonna cost him you know but and that's the rookie scale you know, if we're looking at what they actually paid these players, um, DeAndre Ayton, in two years, he'll make $18.1 million as the number one pick. Over his first two years, $18.1 million. Over the first four years, $41.2 million. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. The number 10 pick, Mikal Bridges for Philadelphia. I don't know if he was traded. There's a star by it. In the first two years, he'll make seven point six nine seven million. Over the first four years, seventeen point eight, less than half. Yeah. Of what number okay. one makes. Yep. All right. So when you put that's it in that perspective, that is significant. Yeah. And that's but, only that's still lottery picks. You're not talking about like you know the number twenty five pick in the draft or something. You know, and that's the crazy thing. If we go down further, you know, your last pick in the first round draft is making $3.6 million in their first two years, under $10 million in their first four years. Under 10. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so, That's okay. crazy. That is pretty crazy, and it's pretty significant. Now, here's the argument that people will throw at you. Yeah. He made still made $4 million going into the NBA draft. You yep. know what I mean? So people... And you have to understand this too. It's just like when people, okay, let's let's bring it down by people, us common folk <laughs> that are living paycheck to paycheck. When we hear millions of dollars, we can't fathom that number of money, right? So they'd be like, "Well, he still made his money, so why are we still bitching about it?" You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. to, that's where they're gonna come from. It's like he still made four million dollars going into the NBA, coming out of high school. That is the most that any high school kid would ever you know what I mean, will ever see in their lifetime, let alone he made it, like, literally graduating high school, went overseas, collected $2 million, made a $2 million shoe deal, and this is just rounding the numbers. I, I don't know the exact numbers. And then he got drafted by the NBA and made another 3 to $10 million off of that. You know what I mean? So people will look at it and be like, well, what's the problem there? Enjoying the show? Find more episodes on blogtalkradio.com slash GOTR podcast. 
and visit GOTRpodcast.com for all the latest. Now, back to the show. You know, you have a point there as well. But mm-hmm. like I said, if the exposure was the same and everything in and itself was fair, you know, I think it would work. Um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately, I think there is a way that you can fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think the best way to explain this. And OK. So my thought is you do one thing and it's pretty simple. You, every professional league needs to have a minor league system like major league baseball does. Okay. And because major league baseball does college versus declaring pro the right way. See, they give you the option. You can enter the draft when you're in high school you don't have to sign with the team. If you Mm -hmm. don't sign with the team, you can go to college. But if you go to college, you're there for three years. And, you know, I mean, that's my thought. You know, you could do that with any league. Let a football player declare. You know, but then you have to have a minor league football program. Well, we kind of have that now with the minor league. We got the AF the AAF, and then now I think next year we having the XFL coming. Yeah, but here's but my neither issue. neither of those leagues are affiliated with directly with the NFL as a minor league. See, that's the thing: the NFL would need a minor leagues. The NBA kind of does, mm-hmm. but the D, you know the D league is hardly a developmental league. You know what I mean? It's more for you know, some guys hanging on second round picks, etc. They're not for, you know, an 18 year old that might not quite be ready for the NBA mm-hmm. to give them to give them a little bit of polish. Let them earn some money while getting that polish in tiny gymnasiums okay. rather than, you know, going to Duke and for a scholarship to get classes that they don't have any interest in taking. Yeah. And OK. That's fair enough, and they have actually they have you know offered that a little bit. I mean, the NBA was toying around with um, letting these players instead of going to college, maybe go into the G League. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, like they have the option to go to the G League, make a hundred and fifty dollars or hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and then kind of uh, go from there. Because I think one player, I can't remember the name, but it's off the top of my head. I think one player actually did that got a shoe deal and now he's like really making big dollars with Nike um while not even playing a damn uh, a, a lick of basketball anymore he just kind of like yeah I'm just going to go do the shoe route and then he's doing that now I forget his name but we'll get that in there somehow um but yeah so I, they, there's those options but here's my issue with the whole going to college thing and then this is the main uh talking point that most people bring up every time a college player or a high school athlete goes to college is that they're getting a free education. And I hate that argument with a passion. I hate that argument with the passion because let's be real. No, they're not not. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase this. 
Some they're not are, getting a well-rounded education. Yeah, you go. there you go. Some are, some are not. You know what I mean? Because um, and the idea that they're actually getting a free scholarship is preposterous, too. Their tuition is paid for. They still got paid for the room and board, and um, they have to come up with that. So, it, it's But that's where everything. the boosters come into play. There you go. See, now you're understanding how the, the – the, <laughs> you are understanding how this shit plays out. But the common folks don't understand how this shit is nope. playing out. Um, I'm surrounded by idiots. And when their tuition is paid for, they – the tuition, the whole tuition is not paid for. Their tuition is paid for up to 12 credits, right? So let's say they mm-hmm. want to graduate in three years. Three years. And they want to get, like, a little bit more credit, right? They have to pay out of pocket for those extra credits that they're doing. Myron Boosters. Roll. Boosters as well. <laughs> Boosters. Boosters. Yep. You, hey, you ain't lying, bro. Trust me. You are not lying. I have some crazy stories I can tell you about some boosters. Payouts. But... You know, so these people like keep using this idea that they're getting a free education. Technically, they are, but they're not. Because let's be yep. real. Um, they are at basketball practice or football practice or volleyball practice or whatever practice they are at a Division One level. They're at that practice for, I'm going to put this in quotes because it's true, 40 hours a week. Right? They're literally working it's a, a full-time, full-time job. job. Yep. But on record, they can only be at this practice for 20 hours a week. Monitored practice. Was that? Monitored practice. Monitored practice for 20 hours a week, which is legitimately 20 hours a week of practice. So monitored just means like the NCAA official is there to be like, they they come collect uh, how many hours you practice this week, 20 hours. Okay, checks off. That's all that monitored shit is. All right. It's literally like hush, hush. Like NCAA guy comes in, you sign the papers, and it's done and over with, right? But realistically, these guys are practicing 40 hours a week. Study hall hours are technically practices because they're watching film. <laughs> yep. This is when they're supposed to be doing, quote-unquote, homework. Okay, so literally these guys are doing 40 hours a week practicing, watching film, and doing all the necessary prep work that goes into playing a football game at Devoting a high level. to their craft. Yep. Yep, at a high level, right? And so... They're not really. They don't really have time for class. I've, I remember in one specific podcast where I talked about legitimately the day of an athlete. Literally, you wake up at, depending on where you live, you wake up at either three thirty or four thirty in the morning. You get to these facilities by five o'clock. If you in late, you are running extra. So that makes you even more late going in class. Okay, you got from five to six. You got your lifting. From six to seven, you'll eat a little bit of a breakfast, and then you got uh, conditioning. And then from after seven, you have. Uh, 15 minutes to get showered up and cleaned up, and then from 7.15 to 7.30 or whatever, however long it takes you to get showered and cleaned up, you got to go to your class, finish your first block of scheduling for your, like, 8.30 to about 11 o'clock because you cannot be have another class at 11. You have to be done at 11 specifically. Go back to the gym or to your facilities, practice, right? Just walk through, stretches, whatever, that, or uh, positional meetings, I should say. Uh, for football, it was positional meetings. And then you have your actual padded practice from, let me see, from 3 to about 7 or 8, you have your padded practices, and then you have more practices. And then you have to go home, do your homework, and then uh, do whatever else you got to do to get ready for your classes. And to be honest with you, by the time you get to your dorm rooms, dude, you're just exhausted, you're tired, you want to go to sleep because your day literally starts at 3, 30, 4 o'clock the next day and you have to do it all over again so the notion that these guys are getting free education is preposterous to me you know what i mean like granted some of these players get to 
experience the education because that's what they're there for. But let's be real. How many of us have graduated from college and actually used the degree we have? So that's what I have to – I'm done with my rant. So <laughs> I'm going to toss it over to Andy. <laughs> you know, and, and I agree. The thing that bothers me the most is when people say, well, they're getting a free education. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my thought is our – my thought is this simply if the kids wanted an education a they would stay long enough to earn the degree or b take the millions of dollars they earned in the pros and pay for their own education you know john walls you know while he's injured is taking classes and shaq earned his doctorate in 2012 yep, you know yep. and, legitimate exactly you know and and yeah his is a doctorate in education you know i looked it up because i was like seriously you know and mm-hmm. you know i i looked it up and absolutely you know so here you know like i said if these kids really wanted to they would and you know what you're saying there is you know you're as an athlete you're basically practicing and performing you know practicing just to perform doing everything just to perform for 40 hours a week which is a full-time job so again i go back to that scenario where you're working a job as a kid just out of high school young but you're very good in your field very promising in your field and your first employer says to you you know, instead of giving you a paycheck, we're just going to enroll you at the local college so you can take whatever class you would like for a year. My thought is, you know, in this, how how would you react? How would you react if, you know, Joe West down the street from you or <laughs> Bob Smith down the street from you or, you know, or Bob Stone? Because, I, you know, I watched Central Intelligence last night for the first time with my wife last night. You know, if Bob Stone down the street from you is working at a job... And he tells you this story of what they're doing, making him go to college. Are you going to say to him, well, they're giving you a free education. You should just accept that. No, you're going to say that is wrong. So why is it not wrong in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. And people can't wrap their heads around that. And then even when you put up that kind of uh, example, people are still going to be like, well, you know, they made the, the fallback is they made their choice. They should live with it. It's like, Really? Like, just because... <laughs> just but because why are athletes treated differently? What's that? Why are athletes treated differently? Because they're... Well, because people are looking at it as a skill that they just having fun with. They don't look at it as a skill that they actually can uh, profit from. They're still looking at it as a bunch of kids playing a game. And they don't look at this game as a multi-billion dollar a- uh, industry that, you know, that they can profit from. And so that's what... That's why people are having a hard time uh, wrapping their heads around this. It's like, man, you're making the millions of dollars, you know, to play a game. And that's what you commonly hear. You're paying, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. And it's like, uh, yeah, he's playing the game at the highest level, right? That is generating billions, billions of dollars. So, yeah, he should get paid, uh, you know, he should be compensated for his skills and his involvement and his quote-unquote net worth to the uh, industry. So people, yeah. athletes are treated differently because people can't, don't look at the sports realm as a legitimate viable skill. They look at it as it's just a game and that it, it serves no purpose in society where it really does serve a purpose. It's entertainment 
and it's entertainment exactly. at the highest level. And these guys are dumb good with it, and people don't realize yeah. that. Like, if you go against a regular athlete, right? And I, I, I really want this show, uh, the show to come back, show, uh, pros versus Joes, but with the legitimate sport. <laughs> and you see the vast difference. Like, they ran 40s. Like, I, I, you always see this on NFL Network. They have yeah. the athletes run the 40-yard dash, and they'll have an average dude. I think it's uh, Joe Esiason or Boomer Esiason or one of the guys, uh, commentators, they run the 40 as well. And then they show you, they run them side by side, the athlete and then the regular guy. Nine out of ten times, the athlete destroys the normal guy in the in a 40-yard dash. You know what I mean? In five seconds, this athlete is destroying yep. this guy by a long pace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you yeah. even got Lyman destroying this guy by like more than four seconds. And so, to me, it, it's rather funny that people don't want to put value in their skills. You know what I mean? But yet, when we start businesses, we want you you want people to see the values in your skills and your goods and services. Yep. But then you won't you know put that towards the athletes themselves. So it, it, I'm sorry to say this, but Sports is entertainment. Entertainment is going to always have the highest value because exactly. people want to be entertained. So if you have a problem with And people with will pay for it. Exactly. So if you have a problem with it, do not pay for it. There yep. you go. Yeah. That's your if solution. you have a problem with if you have a problem with it, don't spend $4,000 to go see Duke UNC. Don't see a bunch of high school four, kids play ball Exactly. Game. Don't spend $4,000 to go to the Super Bowl. Don't spend $100 to go to a basketball game. Don't spend $50 to go to a concert. If you don't want these types of salaries being made, you don't want this type of money being made by these people in entertainment. Don't spend the money. That's yep. simple. You know, exactly. it's no different than anybody else at the top of their career. If the, if you're at one yep. of the best in your field, you're making a lot more money than the average person in your field. And that I, I liked what you were saying about pros versus Joes because in high school, I felt like I was pretty fast. You know, people mm-hmm. said I was fast. I thought I was fast too. You know, then I went to a soccer training thing and we had to run a 40 yard dash at the mm-hmm. end of, at during it. It was a speed camp and mm-hmm. I ran it and I thought I did very well. I'm like, man, I felt myself get faster throughout the day. I smoked it. And then I got done and they gave me my time and I looked at it. I'm like, well, am I fast or am I not fast? Mm-hmm. And it made me have a different appreciation because my 40 time was five seconds flat. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you're, you look at that compared to the you know, NFL combine. You're like, wow, at 140 pounds, you're, you're, as, fat, you're as fast or as sl- slow, so to speak, as an offensive lineman. Yep. No, you know, you know, I don't look at it that way anymore. I think of it as, holy crap, that guy with a 330-pound frame is yep. running that fast? Yep. Because, you know, like I said, I was running fast. I'm fast. I was, well, I was fast. I'm not fast now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, uh, you know, put something behind me and I'm running, you know, I can run after you know, I yeah, might run hey, fast if something's chasing me. Exactly, but you know, I digress there. I was fast in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fast. Beep, beep. And when I saw that number, it was very humbling. Yep. To what these athletes are, they yep. are well trained. You know, you're ta- like I said, you're talking about someone who's 320 pounds running as fast as I was at 140 140. pounds. Yep. That is insane. Totally insane. 
And, and then, my fastest and then you think, ever well, yeah, was and then you th- four-ish, I think, was the yeah. fastest ever. And that was like my – I had a bus behind, and it was like a 4-4-9. I'll take a 4-4. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just look at the first two numbers. That's all that yep, matters. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you think about it, and you're like, how did somebody run like a 4-2? How does somebody like? How fast does that look like when they're next to you, bro? It's, it's that's what you got to think about. It's fast. <laughs> it's fast. Well, Trust but then me. I remembered in that in my run, somebody, the person next to me ran a five eight, mm-hmm. and I felt like I smoked them. I'm like, man, that's what it would look like if somebody ran a four two in front of me. Yep. I'd be chasing them down like that. I I couldn't imagine that, and that was very humbling. And these ultimately. You know, not to get too far off topic and try to bring this home, wrap it up. You know, what these players go through, I don't think is entirely fair. Especially when they're forced to do it. Yep. You know, like baseball, I th- like I said, baseball has done the right way. Hockey has it done the right way. Hockey even allows you to be drafted by a team, have a team have your rights. And you can go to college and come out whenever you're ready. You could yeah. spend a year at college, and the, the team could decide, hey, you're ready. You ready to come up? You say no? Okay. If you're in college for all four years, you become a free agent at that point. Nice. You know, hockey has the right idea, but they have a vast minor league system. Baseball has the right idea. Again, they have a vast minor league system. Baseball and, I mean, basketball and football kind of need to get it together. And quite frankly, they're dictating the futures of these kids, which quite frankly I feel is wrong, especially when you're talking about the NCAA who makes the most money off of men's basketball and college and football. They are using these players to consistently make money for their university, for their organization, and the players receive absolutely nothing from that unless they want an education, Quote want unquote. an education. <laughs> no, that's why I said want an education. Because yeah. the ones that want the education are going to make sure they get the education. That's very true. That's you know, very true. And you wrapped that for, up beautifully. And yeah. you know, I got nothing else to add to that. So I'm just going to be like, yeah, <laughs> that was nicely wrapped up. So this is Guys yep. Around Table. I'm Vlad. He's Andy. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining Guys of the Roundtable. Head to gotrpodcast.com for more. Thanks for listening.